0: Most of our patients have the patients i've seen are ones that have failed pt in the past Mm -hmm. it's actually easier to get them you know to see the value in what we do and opt out of their insurance because they know what other physical therapy is like
1: so the big question is how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement if you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour Podcast. This is your host, Aaron LeBauer. And today, my special guest is Ben Boggy. Ben is a cash practice owner out in the Bay Area in California. Um, where I used to live and race bikes, and where I became a massage therapist. And Ben is is on here today because I wanted him to share his story with you of starting a cash practice right out of PT school, and a little bit how he's crushing it now because he's got to move back to Iowa soon. So, mm-hmm. Ben, thanks for joining us on the show. Really appreciate you being here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Aaron. It means a lot. A little surreal being on here after turning this podcast for the last you know four to five years for advice from you and the previous uh, guests you've had on. So. Thank you.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, Ben, let's just start from like the beginning, right? Like, how did you like become a physical therapist? What was it that you know kind of got you into into PT school in the first place? Like, why was it that oh, I got to do physical therapy?
0: Yeah, great question. So, I really didn't know what I wanted to do until like my junior year of college. I was really interested in the human body and was an exercise science uh, major at University of Northern Iowa. And I knew I didn't really want to go down the med school route, but still wanted to help people just because I wasn't, you know, in med school. I started, like, I realized that once you get out of med school, I don't really get to spend much time with a patient. You know, it's like 10, 15 minutes and then you're out the door. And so I want to spend more time with my patients. So physical therapy uh, was a perfect fit for me with regards to all that.
1: Mm, right on. Was there, did you have like a physical therapy experience or was it you were exploring different options and that was one of the, you know, just options that seemed like the good idea?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's typical physical therapy, uh, physical therapist story is how they got interested. I had an injury in high school, knee injury uh, during the basketball season and went to PT for it. So that kind of really introduced me to the profession and kind of planted that seed.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And then, so in PT school, did you have any idea that you were going to start a business?
0: Yeah. I actually probably knew like it really started Yeah, when I was in physical therapy school, uh, starting to think about that. It was usually, I think it was like Halfway through my first year of PT school, I was pretty set on doing a network cash based PT um, Mm -hmm. after listening, checking out your podcasts and a few others um, really got me interested. And so, yeah, that's when it really all started.
1: Yeah. What triggered that interest? Like, what was the thing that got you looking into different options, owning a business or even if it's just going cash?
0: Yeah, it didn't take long Uh, on when I got into PT school, didn't realize that. (laughs) My dreams of you know, being able to spend more one-on-one time with patients uh, with PT wasn't actually a real thing and that I was actually going to be doing exactly what I would have been doing if I went and went the med school route and really only seeing patients for 15, 30 minutes. I was like, you know, this isn't what I got into PT school for. I want to spend more time with my patients and started reaching out and kind of figuring out what are the ways that I can do that. And that's where I came across the cash-based PT and
1: out-network mm-hmm. practices. Right. Awesome. And then was there anything that when you were in school and you had already kind of made this decision to, Hey, I'm going to do the out-of-network thing. What, what did you start doing in school to prepare yourself um, to get started? Like, and did you know, like, did you get started right when you graduated or I guess that's two questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to answer the first question is mainly like the last two years of PT school, it was on the way to school, on the way to these clinical, Rotations. I was listening to every podcast I could, whether it was you, you know, Danny Mate, Paul Goff, Jared Carter. I always took at least one tip or trick from each episode. And by the time I had graduated, I had this notebook full of ideas, and I was able to kind of hit the ground running um, after graduation. And I really attributed a lot of that to uh, the success success I've had so far. With thanks to
1: yeah, awesome. And so you graduated, like you went to school in the Bay Area, right? Which no, I, went to,
0: I went to school. I went to school in Iowa at Clark oh, University oh, you did. Uh, in, okay. yep, in Dubuque, Iowa. Yep.
1: Okay. And then, so you graduate from Iowa and you like, why'd you move out to the Bay area?
0: Yeah. Great question. So, <laughs> um, so I knew I wanted to do cash based PT. Uh, eventually, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to do more traveling and, and whatnot. And so I decided to do, let's do traveling PT for you know, a year or two and get some of these loans paid off and, and whatnot and kind of travel before I settle down and whatnot. So mm-hmm. anyways, got my California license, and I wanted to originally go to Southern California, traveling agents like, no, usually you have to have like two years of experience because it's you know, so popular for peakies <laughs> wanting to travel and PT there. So I have my California license and they're like, well, why don't you just go to the Bay Area for 13, 13 weeks and let's check back in and see if we can get you in Southern California. I'm like, all right, you know, only be here for 13 weeks, no big deal. Right. Now it's been like a year, two years, a like year and a half. Right. <laughs> and so I'm just like, but, um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got out in the Bay Area initially
1: okay and then so you landed there what was the next step was it okay you've got a uh you've got this contract job was it in a hospital or still nursing or yeah it
0: was outpatient it was outpatient and um yeah i could tell after the first first week i already kind of knew what i was gonna get myself into you know when you work for Mm -hmm. you know uh do traveling pt you're gonna get high level or high volumes of patients and and see that and whatnot and but I didn't really realize how bad it was going to be yeah. until I actually got in, into it. And so I was like, you see, I'm like 20, 20, 25 patients today. And after that first week, I'm like, no, this isn't going to apply. So yeah, I got my first paycheck and I took that money that I got for my first paycheck and st- established a uh, business entity and all liability stuff to um, really try and figure out, you know, uh, what works and what doesn't work with mm-hmm. regards to uh, network PT Really didn't expect it to really grow and do a whole lot real fast, and so I'm like, well, you know, let's just experiment, figure out what works, what doesn't work, and I'll take that information with me uh, back home to Iowa and uh, be able to apply it there.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you're like, let's just try this and see what happens.
0: Yeah, it looks. I mean, looking back <laughs> on it, it looks really. It sounds really dumb, but um, anyway, did it, and uh, yeah, I grew a bunch more quickly than I was anticipating, and um, yeah, yeah, so it kind of kind of kept me here.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So, tell me, like like how like how many patients did you start seeing like like how fast did you grow like what happened between now and when you graduated like where now like tell me about that like what's happened yeah
0: so um i started out i was seeing like within the first month first month was kind of slow i didn't really know what the hell i was doing but um and i was still working 40 hours and so it was still a lot of that legal legal stuff of establishing the business entity and making Mm -hmm. sure liability is covered and and all that and Anyways, started really getting out into like other gyms during the weekends and doing workshops and stuff um, to any and every gym that could would listen to me. And um, at that time, I'd already found a place to start seeing patients and whatnot. So um, started building my caseload uh, on the weekends there and, and seeing patients then. And um, as the thirteen weeks on went on, uh, I think by the end of the thirteen weeks, I was seeing about I don't know ten to ten to fifteen patients. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really close to just scrapping and be like. Uh, moving on and going to Southern California, going to Arizona and doing traveling PT. Yeah. And I came, I was, I was in the gym one morning before work and I came across this uh, ad from um, Victoria Loop in San Ramon and uh, she was looking for a part-time PT and because uh, her uh, physical therapist was going on maternity leave. And so I'm like, I think it's kind of a sign that. I need to stay here, and because this is a great opportunity, you know, um, she's so successful, she's so smart, both clinically and from business standpoint, is a great, is a perfect opportunity for me, and, and so I took it. And she's and, strong. Um, <laughs> yeah, she is, she is. She's strong. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, she's awesome, and um, yeah, I really appreciate my time with her because that's that was really the turning point with things. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty stressful because I was still, I was seeing patients on my own seeing patients for Victoria and then still doing my traveling contract. So Mm -hmm. juggling three jobs and trying to build the business was a pretty stressful time, but I learned so much with Victoria and that's kind of what really kept me, kept me here. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So you're working for Victoria, the contract ends and then, and then what next? So it's just, you're seeing, you're seeing people for her and then you're seeing people for yourself. And then what happened? Like, um, how'd you get that to keep growing?
0: Yeah. Great question. So, uh, I was working for her. I started in January of 2019 and just continued working for her in April one because it was perfect timing for both of us. Yeah. Um, her PTU was coming back from maternity leave, and I established a full caseload at that time. So, on um, November 2018 was when I started my practice, and then yeah, I was full time by April uh, 2019 yeah. and on my
1: own. Wow. So November, December, January, February, March. So six months. What's your what was your full time caseload? Was it 20 yes. people, 30 people?
0: Yeah. It was between 25 to 30. Yeah. Um, and that's really, that's a lot when you're trying to juggle ramping up and doing all the marketing and all the sales and you know diving in on everything yeah. and uh, learning everything at the same time. So yeah, that was about my cap.
1: That's awesome. That's really awesome. And you know, you're in the Bay area where there's definitely a lot of other physical therapists, businesses, you know, probably some cash practices, right. And massage therapists are really highly regarded in California because I was one of them. People came to see me. They're like, Aaron, I'm coming to see you because I know I need to see my massage therapist when I tweak my back. And they couldn't get in to see their PT. You know, did you find like, is there competition?
0: Or, I mean, not really. I mean, it's what we do for, with regards to out-of-network PT is so different from, you know, what others offer. And actually, I think when I, when a patient, most of our patients have, the patients I've seen are ones that have failed PT in the past. Mm -hmm. It's actually easier to get them, you know, to see the value in what we do and opt out of their insurance because they know what other physical therapy is like. And so it actually helped when having that other so-and-so competition um, because it showed my value and and the difference that that we bring.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. What are some of the top marketing strategies you use to get your business off the ground and build up the full caseload in just six months?
0: Yeah. So definitely networking. Um, every, every gym within like a five mile, five, 10 mile radius, uh, we've been pretty much in contact with and doing workshops, uh, monthly usually or every semi-monthly and just getting my name out there that way and, and showing, gym owners, you know, I'm not going to be the PT that tells them, Oh, stop working out. That's the, usually that's the worst thing right. that can happen to patients, have them stop working out, right. That leads to other injuries. And, and so I just let them know, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything that I can to keep them to working out because that's what's going to eventually help them in the long run as well. And so that's where gym owners really, um, really like to hear mm-hmm. and how I can bring value to them, right. Rather than, Oh, just let me do workshops so I can get patients. Right.
1: Right. So, yeah. was there a specific way that you approached the gym owners like how did you do it like was it was it through an introduction was it just like a cold call did you show up and work out
0: yeah starting out it was like kind of like i didn't call I, tr- I tried calling like i struck out with a couple couple yeah. gyms early on because I, like I said, i had no idea what i was doing but i started learning real fast rejection makes you learn real fast on what works and what doesn't work and um So it was mainly going out and just meeting them and stopping by the gym and uh, just telling them like, Hey, can I get a workout in and, and just speak with them about, about what I do and, and how I can bring value to their gym.
1: Mm -hmm. Awesome. So you are saying that one of the best ways to build up your business starting was getting out of the community, creating relationships and not just cold calling people, but going and working out at the gyms and trying to get a conversation with the owners, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And then the big thing is, you know, I would go on to the websites and look at when are their class times, you know, you don't want to be showing up halfway or like right in between classes when they're trying to start one up. You know, I usually stop by after their last workout, just drop in and leave with value and learn like, Hey, you know, this is what I specialize in is, you know, CrossFit athletes, whatever population they see and uh, letting them know, like, you know, is there any way that I can help you? No, right. this is i want to keep your members you know healthy and fit and i'm not going to tell them to stop stop working out and then it leads into asking them yeah how can i help you and and if they have a hard time coming up with ideas like you know it's something we've had success with in the past and uh, is doing workshops and then that's like oh that's a great yeah we'd love to have you come in and do these workshops for our members and and yeah so that's it's a pretty easy conversation to have once you when you leave with value and yeah uh, talk about talk about them don't talk about yourself and, and what you're gonna get out of it so
1: Right. Talking about that, did you, did anyone ever tell you you need to get like a OCS certified or did you ever do that?
0: Uh, no, I was just like, you know, I, I wanted to invest in, you know, going out of school, you have a lot of education more than people realize. Um, yeah. and sometimes I think we doubt ourselves too. And yeah, so I was just like, I'm going to invest in the business side of things because that's where I was lacking, mm-hmm. um, more so than the clinical aspect. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Did you see like did you see this as a risk at all starting your own cash practice especially right out of school?
0: No, I didn't. I mean, a, I mean a little bit, but in reality, looking back at it, it's not really a risk. You know, I, I, the way I looked at it was, you know, if I most likely I'm gonna be paying off loans the rest of my life. What's really the risk? And so, <laughs> um, so I dove into it, and um, yeah, I'm glad I did. And, and um, looking back, yeah, it really wasn't as much of a risk as as I originally thought.
1: Yeah. Why is it that you think some people think it's, it's risky or even like new grads? I mean, I'm sure you've been told like you shouldn't, did you, I mean, did you get told like you shouldn't start a practice or did people say, "Uh, oh, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times it's out of people trying to protect you at the same yeah. time, you know, cause I had family members and friends tell me they don't like, this isn't going to work. I also had professors and classmates, like this is never going to work. You know, it's not realistic. And and whatnot and some are you know yeah have your best interests at heart and just trying to protect you and, and whatnot so yeah i heard all, all, all of it you know this isn't gonna work um you know be realistic about things and, yeah and whatnot but i you know i had the confidence from your podcasts and all these other podcasts of other people doing it. like you know why not me why why are these people so much so special that they're the only ones that can make it work you know and i had you know case studies from your podcast of all your guests that you had on and, you know, I had the confidence that it really didn't bother me too much hearing that. You know, if anything, it kind of was more motivation than anything um, hearing that. So
1: awesome. Dude, that's so awesome. Because that's I mean, when I got out of school, even when I was in school, people said, Aaron, where are you going to work? I said, LeBauer Physical Therapy. They're like, oh, like, and they would give me this weird look. And I was like, yeah, I'm starting my own business. And they're like, can you do that? I'm like, is there a law that says I can't, right? Why is it that... You- why do you feel like, like, where does that come from? Do you know? I
0: don't know. You know, sir, you, know you, are, you are who you surround yourself with. And, you know, when I had, you know, the confidence from, from you and um, all these other people and uh, resources, you know, that's where the confidence came, came from. And then just reading up on, you know, other, like other books that aren't related to physical therapy, but business mm-hmm. in general and, um, and just building that confidence up. But it doesn't come easy, you know. Uh, that was the hardest part was building that confidence up. And yeah. as you go through that. Because there are hard times. There's ups and there's so many ups and downs. You can't get too high, you can't get too low with things. And that's the been the toughest part is um is that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's the what was the biggest what was the biggest up so far?
0: Probably the biggest up was actually so I'll kind of give you a run through after kind of what happened in from April and then through the summer. Cause that led up to kind of the big like the big wins and where we started seeing a big increase in revenue and and whatnot. So um, yeah, April was, I was full-time 25 to 30 patients. But I was like, you know, I'm now I'm stuck. You know, I felt kind of stuck in the sense that, you know, I can't see more patients. I want to get back to Iowa. Now I have this business. What, mm-hmm. what am I going to do with this? I don't want to throw this all away. So things went on all through the summer and I started looking to hire a PT and, uh, hired on a PT. I think it was, I think, yeah, it was August and, uh, we were ramping him up and he was, And we think we ramped him up in about four months full time. And it was about this time that I started in your mastermind program too. And so my rates at the time were 175. And after a conversation with you, um, that next week I raised it to 225 and which was kind of nerve wracking when you're raising your rates, thinking that, you know, this is going to decrease the number of patients, especially when you're trying to ramp another PT, your new newly hired PT on changing, raising the rates by 50 bucks and then ramping him up at the same time. So, um, that was a scary, scary time, but we really didn't see much of a drop off. And I almost kind of have a, a thinking that it actually helped and It kind of, cause there's other cash-based PTs in the area that charge right around 150, 175. Right. And so people think, you know, I'm paying this money. This is the best of the best. We actually had a few patients that told us they came and saw us because we were the most expensive. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cause they wanted, they wanted the best of the best. And yeah. so they, and, um, but yeah, so that's kind of our big turning point when I hired on that PT and that was around the nine to 10 month mark. And, um, we were, we hit the one year mark of being in business in, in November, 2019. Mm. And we had generated $140,000 in that first year nice. and, um, yeah. And then now he's that PT's full time and he's seeing about 35 patients. Then we just hired on a new PT and, uh, he's at about 15, 20, but you know, now that I'm taking more of an administrative role, and mm-hmm. this is how I'm trying to slowly work my way out of the business because that third PT is the one that will be um, sticking around here to allow me to return back to Iowa in September. So, yeah, right now we're seeing we're seeing about sixty patients uh, sixty patients a week, and last last month we generated about forty thousand dollars, and we're seeing about fifty patients a week, and this month we're on pace to hit fifty thousand. So yeah, and our goal for the year twenty twenty is to hit three quarters million dollars, and right now we're in pace to do that based on our growth so far. So hopefully this goes to show uh, yeah. what's possible as PTs, and you know, and we're so much worth worth so much more than uh, co pace or my personal favorite is us new grads being low ball sixty thousand coming out of school. but right. um, so, Yeah. So
1: no, a kind of big win was hiring. On. Dude, that's awesome! Congratulations, and I just you know, one, I thank you for sharing that because I think that. As you and I both agree, it's it's not about the money, but we all need to understand, you know, we've got these loans, we've got so much value and transformation we share with people. And you know, it's not even like it, it's just people need to know, like, yeah, this is possible, you know, for you. Right. And you're not the first one, you don't won't be the last, but it's just to know that you can come out of school as a new grad and just crush it if you put your mind to it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Ben, tell me so obviously you're doing really well. What I want to know, like you had mentioned, you know, you got the ups and downs, like what's been some of the hardest downs, what's been some of the hardest challenges you've had in growing your business?
0: Yeah, it's mainly, it's mainly managing, managing people. So that's not my wheelhouse. Not what I went to school for. Yeah. It's just a lot of the, you know, also in being in California, there's so many legal issues and you know, whatnot. So it's jumping through all those hoops, you know, Jumping through on how to, how does the proper way to hire somebody on, you know, what should the pay structure be, bonuses, you know, compensation, health insurance, 401ks, and setting all that up. Um, so that's been kind of the toughest part is navigating, navigating all that.
1: Yeah. How'd you figure it out? Did you, did you get a lawyer to help you? Did you read it in a book? Like, how'd you, how'd you get through some of this?
0: Yeah. So um, a lot of it was from uh, things I'd learned from your podcast and then also you know, some part of your mastermind group, I can bounce ideas off of you uh, and other people that are part of that mastermind as well. But yeah, I did hire on a lawyer to establish the business entity, uh, reached out to, um, I have an accountant, also have a financial advisor. And because you can, try, yeah, you can try and figure out all these things, but you know, your money, your time's worth, you know, some money. Like I could be seeing a patient for the time that I'm trying to figure out, you know, all this other stuff, why don't I hire somebody else? Um, that's going to do it and do it right rather than worry about if me doing it and then not messing it up and then spending a lot of time trying to correct it right and just then to hire you know specialists
1: to do it so yeah, yeah. how'd you figure out how, how'd you figure that out how'd you figure out that your time is worth more than what you could basically pay someone to do it for you
0: yeah so I've heard a couple from a lot of different sources you know like like i said really just treating books and of business in general, not necessarily related to PT. I've heard you say it. I've heard all these other you know successful business owners say the same thing. The most valuable asset you have is your time. And um, you know there's the main main thing was, you know, if I see a patient, one patient for an hour, that's 225, right? It's gonna take me much longer than an hour to figure all this stuff out. If I spend two hours treating that patient, treating patients, I can take that 450 and pay a specialist to to handle it, right? And and not have to worry about if it's done right. So It's kind of a mindset shift, but that didn't happen right away. You know, it comes over time after over and over again. Yeah.
1: Was there anything that specifically happened where you were like, oh damn, I'm not doing that again. (laughs) You know, where you're like, I just spent five hours looking up something and I really should be.
0: Yeah, it was mainly like the accounting piece. You know, it's so nerve wracking. You've You've got employees. Yeah, you, you know uh, your business entity. You got your personal finances, keeping track of all that. What's tax deductible? What's not? And all that. That was the big thing. I wasted like I don't even want to know how many hours trying to figure all that out. I read the book Profit First, which was a great book and highly recommend. So that helped me a lot with things. But yeah, hiring a, an accountant was was big, and that's kind of the, the turning point. i yeah. just like I just kind of gave in. Um, it's like. This needs to be handed out to somebody else.
1: Yeah. What's the, um, I actually, I've heard of profit first. I actually haven't read it myself. What's the big theme there? What was the big takeaway for you from that?
0: Yeah, I guess the a nutshell is, um, so they use an analogy of, you know, if you're brushing it, you're using toothpaste, right? You've got mm-hmm. this, when you first buy it, you're kind of careless with how much you put on the toothbrush, Right. But guess what? When you get down to that list bit, guess how conservative you are with that, right? And right. you can make it last really a long time. They kind of attribute that to also finances as well and business expenses, you know. So they tell you instead of the general thinking is to pay yourself last after expenses and all this, mm-hmm. they tell you no, you should pay yourself first. And then because that narrows down how much you can how much money you can work with, right? right. So you're much more conservative with that, that back end money. And just makes you less careless. It's more of a psychology type of thing and whatnot. But that's kind of in a nutshell the best way to I can probably explain it.
1: Right. So you have yourself on a salary right now versus yeah. like pay like paying yourself per treatment.
0: Yeah, exactly. So someone as corp, I get tax tax breaks with that. You pay yourself a reasonable salary, and that's taxed at a certain amount, and you can take distributions out after that that sixty thousand. And you're yeah. not taxed at such a high rate, so right. yeah,
1: awesome. And so, tell me a little bit more um, about so so your your traject- your clinic's trajectory. You guys went a year into within a year, you hired another employee, right? Yeah, I think it was about the
0: nine yeah nine or ten month mark. We yeah we hired on yeah. that first PT. Okay,
1: and then how how was it like? How many patients were you seeing at that time, and how did you like, how did you know, okay, I'm ready to hire, hire him. Was it just cause you were lacking time and seeing 25 people? Did you yeah, like it was just, you this? know, I
0: was like, seeing it was- and yeah. So it was like, I got to this point. I'm like, you know, my big thing is I had no intention of staying out here in the Bay area. Mm-hmm. I don't intend to raise a family out here and you know, I've got to start moving, making moves to allow me to remove myself from the business. And I'm like, I need to start hiring. I need to start finding that, that right fit. So that's bringing out a PT, other PTs. And then bring on a front desk is an establishing systems because right now I'm not treating, I'm seeing like 10 to 15 patients right. a week right now and allowing the other PTs to see the patients so I can start establishing these systems uh, and get everything in place for me to leave in September and make sure that other PTs comfortable and brought up to speed with everything. Yeah.
1: Awesome. What, uh, so we got another PT on and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, they're busy. I'm busy. I'm, just, I, I'm mired in like admin work. And you hired mm-hmm. another PT.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why did you, why'd so, you need to go
1: PT route versus like an admin at that point?
0: Yeah, because the main thing is I wanted for somebody to be and bring them on and have them be control of the business when I leave. They, mm-hmm. I wanted them to be a PT. And so it was imperative. I, yeah, I could have hired on a front desk, but you can have a front desk. But if I don't have somebody that is you going know, can keep this going. That admin doesn't mean anything right so i my big thing was finding somebody to get them started comfortable with the systems and how we do things bring up speed from the business aspect of things marketing selling um seeing patients and and uh systemizing everything bringing up them up to speed first and then bringing on a front desk um, was the route that i went you know you can go i hear both ways on should you bring on a pt or should you bring on a front desk you know i think it's up to the clinician or the pt that's in charge of business what their personal preferences. Mm-hmm. But for me, my mean, mine is a pretty unique situation. So I had to bring out a PT. Yeah.
1: What, uh, what
0: systems are you putting into place that are going to allow you to take um, off and go back to Iowa? Yeah. So like writing every, every single thing that we do down, how we, how we do workshops, how we do the phone script, how we sell on the phone, how we sell during the evaluation, what systems to be, the systems that we have in place for Instagram, Facebook, just every day to day, activity like the hit by the bus test you know mm-hmm. if I was hit by hit by bus everything needs to be able to continue to move forward and so going through all the systems that we have and that's why I've been removing myself from patient care and the business has still been able to be you know survive and now we're at the point of bringing that administrative assistant up to speed on everything because I'm doing more admin stuff than I am PT, yeah. treating now so yeah. yeah
1: what would you rather be doing
0: I'd rather be, you know, I, I actually like the business side of things. Um, yeah. I would ra- I would ideally like to be seeing about 10 to 20 patients and uh, doing the rest of the marketing, the sales, and fine tuning that process. Getting into business made me realize how much I really actually love it. Uh-huh. And so I like having that hybrid where um, I get kind of a best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me, so your plan on leaving for Iowa. But like before the end of the year, I think you said mm-hmm. in yep, September, yep. what do you have to get done? Because this is pretty unique because, mm-hmm. you know, you started a business and you're getting ready to leave it and move out of state. So what mm-hmm. needs to happen for you? Like what do you systems like you've, So you've got all the basic things, how we do it. Right. But what else mm-hmm. needs to happen so that this thing, this business that you've created and built survives and thrives while you're a thousand miles away?
0: yeah so um big thing is ramping up this third pt that will be taking over getting him comfortable with everything so yeah he's at about 15 20 patients a week now mm-hmm. we're gonna cap him at 30 because he's still gonna need 10 hours to kind of do everything that i've been doing at least i'm mm-hmm. um, still gonna be able to help from afar and and whatnot uh, it's not like i'm leaving the bear and never coming back i'm gonna have to fly back quite frequently um to start out and um slowly with myself off of that but yeah hi, we're ideally based on the projections um, on how quickly he's ramped up so far, we should have him ramped up full time by end of May. And we've been doing interviews already for that fourth PT. Yeah. So we want to ideally have that, that fourth PT fully ramped up um, by the time September rolls around. So I'll give us May to September to ramp him up. Um, and right now it's been a lot of training for that front desk and, I've got a to-do list. I go through that to-do list and offload as much. I go through it and figure out what can I offload to this admin. And so that's kind of where we're at in the process. So, and then removing myself completely from patient care. So, which hasn't been a problem. I was seeing 30 and down to 10 and you know, we're not seeing any negative impacts by that.
1: That's awesome. And then what happens when you moved to Iowa?
0: What then? Do it it all over again. (laughs) So um, yeah, so now I got the experience and, Compan can be just as successful in Iowa as, mm-hmm. as I am here. Yeah, people, I keep hearing over and over again that uh, nobody's going to pay as much for PT out here as they are in Iowa. That may be true, but guess what? Rent's not going to be as high. The cost to employ PTs is going to be so high. Taxes aren't going to be so high. Yeah, it offsets a little bit with things. So yeah, I won't be able to most likely charge maybe as much. We'll see. You know, I have also know there's other PTs out there in Iowa. I think there's two that are charging over 200 and mm-hmm. they seem to be doing fine so who knows we'll yeah. we'll see
1: yeah i'm in greensboro <laughs> yeah exactly so I, yeah yeah
0: you know, i keep yeah. hearing over and over again that you know people same people in Bay Area and iowa are buying the iphone same people in they are buying the iphone you know right. everybody is just where do people see value and right. showing people that value of what you bring so
1: yeah absolutely can you um do would you mind sharing a little bit about i mean about the incentives for your employees that you have and how are you attracting talent? Because I know, one, you're in the Bay Area, which is a really expensive place to live. And two, I know there have been other PTs in the Bay Area who have like, I can't find a PT to come work for me. And it seems like you've had some success in doing that. So what are some of the incentives and how are you attracting some of these um, like A-team members to come work for you?
0: Yeah, so mainly we put on the ad and in, uh, Indeed um and then also just from networking too. Um I did an interview with um a PT who ended up not being a, a good fit, but he knew somebody that um was interested. Mm-hmm. And so um and he ended up taking a different job. Long story short, that's how I found the third PT who will also be eventually be my business partner yeah. um coming up here as a, as long as everything goes smoothly. Um and so it's it's mainly through networking that I've been able to find my P, the PT so far. Um and we have and then also um, because the PT that I hired on for my to become my business partner, he went to school out here. So guess what? He has all he's got a lot of connections with other people in his class mm-hmm. that are interested in doing the same thing. So we have two people there, and then um, one other person that we've already done a full interview with that should be a good fit. And he's kind of just waiting to hear back from us uh, on when we're ready and doing an in person interview with him and the other two. So it's mainly yeah, networking and word of mouth right. more than anything.
1: Awesome. And then are you doing something where like you're putting them on salary? Are they getting paid per treatment or is there a mix of that? Just depending?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a mix. The full-time PT he's soured and uh, we are getting in place like 401ks and the health insurance and whatnot. I actually just applied for the health insurance for the uh yesterday mm-hmm. and um, speaking with my financial advisor about the 401ks and whatnot. So when we hire on this fourth PT, that will be available. But right now, because they're not getting those, um, those benefits they are, mm. they're getting paid at a higher rate. And, you know, it's also based on, you know, what that PT values, you know, mm-hmm. does a PT value, you know, having, getting paid more per hour and then not getting those benefits. Does the PT really benefit, you know, really value those benefits? What do they value? Um, and then we also give our, our the PTs a choice. Do they want to be seeing, you know, 40 patients a week, mm-hmm. or they rather see 30 to 35 and go out and do these, these networking events and establish content and, and whatnot. Because that's one thing we're starting to implement is uh, creating courses like ankle mobility, how to improve hip mobility to improve your squat, stuff like that. And video recording our workshops that we do to be able to, for people to be able to purchase online. And so that's where that PT can contribute that as well. Instead of if they just want to see uh, 30 patients a week and then spend another 10, 10 hours, you know, developing content, that's something mm-hmm. you do too. They want to see 40 patients. It's great. You know, it's, it's up to them. And I think uh, that's been kind of a big incentive to bring other PTs on is letting them choose kind of their own path and letting them know that there's not really a ceiling on earning potential too. So. Right.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Ben, like what, what would you tell like a new grad who's listening, who's trying to figure out like, should I really make a jump and start a cash practice or not? Like what do they, what do they need to hear? What do you have to say for them?
0: Yeah. So uh, great question. So first question I'd ask them is, you know, what's holding them back? Um, if it's that they feel like it's too big of a risk, especially with student loans, uh, like I said earlier, my response is, that's actually a bigger risk not to do, uh, not to do it uh, with the amount of student loans, PTs are leaving school with now in May. That'll be my two year mark of being out of school and I'll pay it off $130,000 in debt that I otherwise would have been probably paying off the rest of my, rest of my life if I would have taken, you know, a corporate job and whatnot. So, but yeah, and if you're not doing traveling or working full-time and doing PRN on the side, most likely you're going to be paying off your student loans, you know, for a long time. And even then, if you're doing all that, you still might be. So honestly, what do you have to lose? And let's say for some reason, the cash-based practice route doesn't work. Guess what? Demand for PT is so high, you'll have no trouble finding a job in the future to fall back on. At least, you know, you gave it a shot and a try. And even though if you do the right things and put the work in, there's no reason the cash-based practice won't work. And then another thing is, I hear this a lot too, is the second reason is I feel most new grads feel scared to take this leap because of mentorship, mm-hmm. which is my opinion, pretty ridiculous. And I think this is kind of an easy excuse to use. And essentially the same people uh, using this excuse will probably go on and tell themselves that, oh, once they get to the mentorship, they'll do it, right? um like i said this more, more often than not it's an excuse and this just leaves more excuses as once they get more mentorship the next excuse will be oh we have a wedding coming out it's bad timing now it's bad timing because we're expecting now it's bad time because we have a family um as you can see one excuse kind of just leads to another so yeah yeah no better time than now to do it so right um but yeah back to the whole mentorship thing though, you know, we went to school for seven years and went through rigorous testing and clinicals to be licensed physical therapists. Um I see often on these Facebook threads from different PT Facebook groups of senior physical therapists stating, you know, how no new grad has any business starting their own practice, which kind of makes me laugh because the majority of the patients that seek my practice out are ones that I get, you know, that have gone to other physical therapy practice, I get the best results with and ones that have failed. Other PTs at multiple different physical therapy practices, prior where I guarantee they were probably being treated by the same so-called superior PTs with more experience. You know, don't get me wrong; I'm not some PT with all this wisdom and superior knowledge. I was just kind of like middle of the pack uh, with regards to my regards to my graduating class. But guess what I can do with uh, these patients that other physical therapy practice can't, and these so-called superior PTs with all this you know background and experience is, you know i can spend more time with these patients i have more time to educate them about the pathology mm-hmm. i have the time to talk to them about pain science i have the time to ensure them that they will get back to all the activities they want to get back to and restore their confidence i have the time because a cash-based practice allows me to do do so and because i'm no longer worried about having to build a certain amount of units i don't have the, to please some insurance company that doesn't have the patient's best interests at heart and all that so and on top of that, I, you know, I have the time to slow things down and problem solve things through that, you know, I didn't when I was a PT working in a network practice, you know, I actually feel that my growth as a PT is better because I started a cash-based practice versus if I had stayed in network practice, jumping from patient to patient and, and table to table every 15 to 30 minutes and really acting more as a waiter than a PT. I it felt like it sometimes. So, but yeah, I can hear some some people criticizing the statement still and screaming, what about mentorship? Is it beneficial to have other PTs in the clinic to bounce ideas off of? Absolutely. Is it necessary? Absolutely not. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, we have seven years. We went through seven years of school and went through grueling testing, clinical rotations that all indicated that we were entry level and therefore completely capable of seeing patients on our own. And I put my money where my mouth is because guess what? The two PTs I've hired on, both Mm -hmm. new grads. And will you have zero mentorship if you start your own practice right out of school? It depends. You know, are you going to actively seek out mentorship or not? In my opinion, that's not dependent on if you're starting your own practice or not. Uh, luckily, I surrounded myself with great PTs and ones that I knew were just a phone call away. And on top of that, I would be looking at, you know, what the most current research was on different topics and that I was struggling with. And on the weekends and multiple times a week, I would also call these various PTs asking for advice and what I should be doing with the tougher patients I was seeing. And guess what? 90% of the time, 99% of the time I was right in doing exactly what they would done. And the other 1% of the time I was on the right track. you know. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, this isn't because I'm some great PT, way beyond my years, right? Things like that. It's just as humans and as PTs, we underestimate ourselves um, more often than not. And we really do have the required knowledge to be successful. It's usually our lack of confidence that actually gets in the way. Um, but like I said, I feel my, my growth as a PT is significantly greater because I started practice right out of school so but at the same time don't get me wrong should every new grad who has ambition to start a cash-based practice right out of school do it not exactly Uh, it's not for everyone but for the ones it's not right for it's rarely ever because they don't have the necessary PT background and necessary PT knowledge to do so but rather because they don't have the drive confidence or business knowledge or guidance from you know somebody else that's done it before to do it successfully and that's why it's important to have a a business culture, someone else guiding you and it's not easy, but it's 110% possible if you do the right things and have the right guidance. So, yeah.
1: Dude. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I want, I agree with you too. I think it's important for people to hear. And apparently we have to <laughs> say it a few times, but I think it is like, you know, my mentor who was a text away was right, is right down the street from you up in Oakland, Allen Link from ET innovations. Like he does texts yep. text me anytime. Nine out of ten times he's like, oh, that's exactly what I would do. <laughs> I'm like, well, thanks. You know, I mean it's did you did you have um anyone like anyone specific? Like were there clinical instructors or even Victoria maybe who was Yeah, Victoria
0: was yeah, Victoria was always there to bounce ideas off of. Um and you know, people I graduated from PT school with, oh, um, clinical instructors. Um, people that I knew that graduated from the same physical therapy school that I had Mm -hmm. that were three or four years ahead of me and, and were just brilliant. I was always able to, you know, at least get opinions from at least one, if not all three or four of them and and whatnot. So.
1: That's awesome. Well, um, Ben, we're about out of time. Is there anything else you want to add? Like for someone who's starting or even like been in the game for a while and wants to, you know, keep growing.
0: You know, imperfect action is better than no action at all. So. Ah, uh, you say it all the time. Eighty percent is good enough. Just take that leap. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, there's no but no better time than now.
1: Awesome, man. Well, if someone wants to reach out to you or even just like uh, stalk your website, where do they find you? Where do they find you online?
0: Yeah, so you guys can uh, email me at ben at prokineticsrehab dot com, and I'm sure Aaron will also put this uh, put my email in the podcast notes uh, as well to help you find me more easily, and then also my website. Uh, www.prokineticsrehab.com. You know, if you're a new grad or looking to looking at how to get started with your own cash-based practice, I'm happy to help uh, guide you in the right direction. And uh, you can just yeah reach out to my email. And then, like I said, we're also looking for other awesome PTs to bring on to our practice. So, if you know if you or someone you know is looking for an awesome place uh, where they can work with active population one-on-one for an hour, um, check us out.
1: Awesome, man. Appreciate it. And you guys do like performance, like gym, like not just. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Cause
0: everybody, everybody we work with is, is active. You know, people that are runners trying to get back to running, get back to CrossFit, you know, back to deadlifting, squatting, everybody's active and, and extremely motivated and, yeah. and whatnot, which makes it fun too.
1: Dude. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing how this grows and how things go when you get to Iowa and all that. And hopefully my trip to, uh, california in the next uh month is uh not not interrupted too much because i'd love to uh get together with you and alan and some other people out there but um i really appreciate you being here for all you guys out there if you have any um questions or whatever reach out to ben and reach out to me or post in the cash PG nation and just go all in take the chance i guess ben said there's never been a better time to get started in in business and physical therapy than now so and it's never going to get any better so um Take a leap, go all in, and we'll see you guys on the next show. Thanks, Ben.
0: Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it.
1: Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice, or you already have one, and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to CashPTBlueprintBook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com, and when you get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.